0: You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, I'm sitting down with Dr. Kate Henry, and we are diving into a topic that is near and dear to my heart. It is mental health and wellness and the functional medicine approach. I don't think this topic is discussed often enough, and people don't realize the implication of their overall health, their nutrient status, their hormonal status, and their fitness status, and the impact that it has on their mental health and wellness. So we dove in and had a wonderful conversation. I know you're going to enjoy. Without further ado, let's jump in. Have I told you about my emergency purse meat yet? Emergency purse meat is something I've done since my daughter was little. I've always kept some kind of meat stick in my purse, backpack, work bag, and my travel carry-on bags. Why? Because having the people I'm traveling and hanging out with melt down on me because they didn't eat and are hangry is not my jam. Purse meat has saved my daughter and my marriage on more than one occasion. It's also saved me when my flights are delayed or I can't find any decent food when I'm out or traveling. It's a mom. Mom thing. My favorite meat sticks, hands down, are from Paleo Valley. They are naturally fermented, 100% grass-fed and finished beef sticks, and they're my go-to. I always have a few stashed in my purse. In fact, the other day I hopped into my car where my daughter was already waiting for me. I looked down to find a Paleo Valley beef stick wrapper in the middle console and a smiling daughter. Where did you get that, I asked. From your purse, mom. You always have emergency meat sticks in your purse. Paleo Valley grass-fed beef sticks come in a variety of flavors and they pack six grams of protein per stick, just enough to keep the hangries at bay so you don't freak out or make poor food choices when you're undernourished and underprepared. Listeners of The Dr. Tina Show can save 15% off right now by heading over to paleovalley.com forward slash Tina. Be sure to use that specific link and the discount will be automatically applied. You can find it in the show notes as well. Go stock up on your emergency purse meet now at paleovalley.com forward slash Dr. Tina and save 15% off. I've never been big on skincare, but recently started getting more serious as the signs of aging are definitely showing. I've recently started using an incredible skincare line, and I'm excited and wanted to share with you. The past few years, my skin has been doing this annoying combo between an allergic prickly heat rash and a perimenopausal rosacea, and it drives me nuts. My buddy Andy Nilo owns a skincare line and so I reached out to him for help. Andy is the best dude and he kindly sent me a big box of products to try and let me just say wow. I am in love with Alatura skincare. Each and every product from Alatura is a game changer for my skin. The products feel amazing and my skin is calm and clear again. Alatura is handcrafted natural skincare. Their mission is simple to provide customers a skincare wellness experience with products made of superior natural ingredients packed with nutrients, minerals, and natural growth factors. Alatura is the skincare line I've been looking for, and it checks all the boxes. It's all natural, cruelty free, non toxic, non GMO, and as organic as possible. Listeners of The Dr. Tina Show can now save 20% off your first order by heading to alitura.com. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com. And be sure to use code Dr. Tina at checkout for the discount or simply click the link in the show notes. You're going to love it. Dr. Kate Henry, welcome to the Dr. Tina show. I'm so excited to have you here. You are the head of medical education at Rupa Health and I was introduced to you recently and we have had some great conversations about mental health and functional medicine and how the two intersect. And so would you take a moment and introduce yourself to my audience and let them know about your expertise and then we will dive in.
1: Absolutely, guys. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, by the way. This is like your audience is such a good fit because you guys are just like hungry for information and ready to actually implement it and work hard, which I love. Um, So I'm Dr. Kate Henry. I am an expert in functional medicine and mental health disorders. And what that means is I've studied what the brain needs to work well. The brain is our organ of mood and thought and behavior. And when it has what it needs to work right, everything works right. And so I've studied that for years Um, before joining Rupa Health, which I'm very passionate about this company and what they're doing to help bring functional medicine to the world and just make it more accessible for folks um, and help respond to this mental health crisis that we have, particularly in the United States right now. Um, I worked at a company called Sonari Today, along with 80 therapists, changing the way we do mental health care to include not only talk therapy, not only medications, but food nutrition and movement as well. So I am pumped to talk about it all today.
0: Yes. I think my audience is going to love this because like you said, I mean, they're self-starters, they're highly motivated and they understand that your health is your responsibility. I think the topic that we're going to discuss is so critical because people have no idea. I know I didn't. I just backstory on me that I shared with you a little bit off the air. And with my audience, I spent 15 years heavily medicated with all types of antidepressants, antipsychotic, anti-anxiety medications. And at the end of the day, it turned out, you know, I had Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which definitely causes you to swing and sway and your mood to go all over the place. I was severely malnourished because I'd spent over a decade as a vegetarian, not really doing it right at all. If there, I mean, I just, I think for some of us there is no right way of doing that i need meat <laughs> i need beef um and i really struggled and i come from a long family where we have those struggles and i just was looking at somebody's post on instagram yesterday and they said that they were sho- it was another doctor and she said she was shocked and dismayed that exercise and nutrition was not introduced to her as an option when she was going through years of crippling anxiety and depression. And I was like, man, I hear you, lady. This is this would have been a game changer. It's so intimately critical that we feed our brain the appropriate nutrients it needs. Otherwise, we end up where we are in society.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think the information is out there. It's in the medical journals. And it's funny, it's in the psychiatry journals right now, Um, right? We have studies right now where we can look at the blood of people with depression and not even talk to them, right? You don't even need to know how depressed they are. They don't have to fill out a questionnaire. All we need to do is look at how many F2 isoprostanes are in their blood, how much inflammation, and we can predict how depressed they will be. And it is a one-to-one correlation, right? The more inflammation you've got, the more depressed you're going to be. So we know this, but what's happening is this isn't making it into clinical care. So it's showing up in the journals, the psychiatrists are reading it and going, well, what do I do with this, right? <laughs> the RDs and the nutrition professionals who could actually fix it are not reading it because it's not making it into their journals, right? And so we have this disconnect right now where... In America, we've got more people who have mental health disorders than ever. 50% of Americans will have a mental health disorder at some point in their lives. And at the same time, we have a psychiatry shortage. So right now, 150 million Americans live in a county without a single psychiatrist. So if they need help, right, they feel like they've got nowhere to go. And 60% of Americans are getting their psychiatric care from their primary care provider, who's already overwhelmed, right? You and I both know, and I don't know if your listeners know, but we already have a primary care shortage as well. So we have a shortage of the people that up until now we've been taught are the people to help us when we're depressed, right? Go to the doctor, get a pill. Same thing with mental health therapists. And then we've got all these functional medicine practitioners and nutritional professionals on the side who could be helping, who actually have the best medicine available to treat these disorders, but they're being left out of the conversation. They're not being looped into current treatment protocols. And so we have to change that. So it's funny, whenever I lecture to RDs or nutrition professionals, I start by saying to everyone, I want you guys to raise your hands if you think, as nutritionists, you treat mental health disorders. And not a single hand goes up. Oh, no. No. Yep. And by the end of the hour of me showing them like study after study of like vitamin D for this many weeks improves anxiety. You can use inositol to stop panic attacks. You can use omega-3s to treat anger. At the end of it, I asked them again, do you think you do mental health care? Every single hand goes up. And so that's what I'm hoping we get at the end of this conversation is that people leave this going like, wow, food is the medicine. And if I test and if I figure out what I need... And if I incorporate some movement and some other lifestyle components, I can really heal because we know it's true. We've got the case studies to prove it. We have actually two case studies sitting right here, Uh, right? Because both of us have had our own experiences with this. Right. But yeah, I'm excited. So I'm so glad you're having me on to talk about this. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, you said something, if we test. So getting folks, it has been my experience clinically that this is one of the most challenging groups of people to help, because as we were talking about off camera, there is often a self-depreciation that occurs, and when you hear it from their mouths, and you you can really dig into it, it's less often laziness and lack of desire, and more often... At least from what I've heard, folks, and I know I felt this way too, it's almost like you don't deserve to feel better. You feel like you don't deserve to feel better. And so therefore taking the effort to feel better seems like this monumental task that, you know, just getting over the hump. And then you couple that with some adrenal fatigue, some severe nutrient deficiencies that have been brewing for sometimes a lifetime and it's very difficult to get yeah. started, right? And this is where I do, I will say, I think that medications and SSRIs and some of these other medications are godsends and lifesavers mm-hmm. for short periods of time to get yeah. people over the hump. Or, you know, I look at these drugs as drugs that you would use intermittently as needed or most often in the case of major trauma, divorces, deaths, things like that. Yeah. But the way that I always handled this clinically was, like you said, two tests. But I would explain to patients, it's like a teeter-totter. So if you're on these, they would usually come in on high, high doses of medication mm-hmm. and they would just, you know, their doctors would just keep ramping up the dose and they weren't feeling any better. And in fact, often feeling worse. If I could get their nutrient status up, if I could get their lifestyle modifications into place, if I could get some yeah. of these other things handled, some, some hormonal deficiencies or imbalances treated, then we could decrease the medication to the lowest amount possible. So I just want to start with that because I know I'm so tired. I know you don't subscribe to this, but I'm so tired in the functional medicine community of this, especially online on social media. It's like this purist, this like puritanical movement of, you know, no drugs ever and do everything naturally and never take hormones and never take. And it's just like, come on, guys. Sometimes we need a little bit of a hand up (laughs) to get rolling and to get those new. I mean, you take somebody who's morbidly depressed, they're overweight, their adrenals are shot, their thyroid's in the toilet, they feel like hell. And you're like, I need you to chop more vegetables and cook you know, protein for yourself several times a day. They're just going to be like, they can't, they can't, they can't get out of bed, you know,
1: literally they can't. Yeah. I'm with you a million percent. So one of my favorite studies actually um, looked at using zinc along with methylphenidate to treat ADHD. And I think this is a beautiful example of how you can actually use nutrients um, to make a medication work better. And so what they found is if you preload kids with zinc, so you give, you give kids zinc for five weeks before they start methylphenidate as a treatment for ADHD, the kids who get the zinc require 37% less medication to manage their symptoms. Wow. Right. And what does that mean? Less side effects. Yep. Right. And if you're zinc deficient and you take zinc, you also feel better. Like your digestion's better, right? Your skin's better. Your immune system works better. So the beautiful thing about nutrients is they come with side benefits. They help the rest of your system. But we can use both. And guys, if you have meds available to you, congratulations. There are places in the world where you don't. You get to use it all. So you should really make it your business to become really educated about how to do that. There's going to be a time in your life where you might need a pharmaceutical, right? Figure out when is that going to be? And so what I always would tell my clients is it's not what is best, it's when is best. And if you can start to ask that question, you will never fall victim to anyone trying to sell you anything. Anybody who tells you this is the best thing, everything else is bad, is probably trying to sell you that thing, right? Trying to be a critical evaluator of information means you need to start to think about when. So I completely agree with you. When we need medications, we should use them and we should teach people how to use it safely. If you're going to take an SSRI, make sure you've got enough B vitamins and amino acids for it to actually work, right? And how do you yep. stay in contact with your doctor and keep, out a look for, you know, keep a lookout for side effects? So the informed consent piece and just really starting to educate folks is so important. And I think folks
0: need to want... More than just a quick pick or a quick pill fix. You know, they need to want, I I remember being so, just so down that I was reaching up to touch bottom, you know, just so depressed and suicidal as a teenager. And that was the year Prozac came out. And I remember feeling within a few days, like the clouds had lifted, you know, the sky had parted. I was me again. And I was so grateful for that. But of course, I didn't want to do anything else because I was a ornery teenager. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to exercise. I didn't want to eat yeah. well. I just wanted to keep self-starving and chain smoking and drinking on the weekends and taking terrible care of myself. And so of course that didn't go well for me. And <laughs> My audience knows my, my sorted college story, but that's the part where we've got to motivate folks yeah. to understand that we're giving you a leg up here with some medication. You know, interestingly, SSRI is the way that I've come to understand that they work is not just through the serotonin pathways, which I know that in recent data that's been supposedly, you know, blown out of the water. I don't completely, I have to say, I've just seen too many miracles happen with low doses of serotonin support. But that said, like you mentioned, we need the proper amino acids to even make serotonin, if that's what we're needing, who knows. But these SSRIs are often working by decreasing neuroinflammation. Yeah. I mean, that's part that nobody talks about. And also there is a profound impact on the hypothalamic pituitary axis. So it might be actually treating some adrenal issues or who knows what, but again, we can't, it's not my job to like poo-poo on my patients if something's working, but it is my job to make sure what they're doing is working without as many side effects and getting them as nutrient replete as I can. And that takes, that's where the effort comes in on their part. They got to work for it.
1: That's the hard part. I agree with you though. It's so fun as a practitioner to reach into somebody's life and to explain to them why they're having the symptoms they're having. And where we would always start is like, it's not your fault. Really? Most times it's not. And here's the broken biochemistry to prove it. Right? Like when you can show somebody you've got thyroid issues, you've got autoimmunity, you've got nutrient deficiencies. Here's how that's impacting you. The light bulb starts to go on a bit. And part of the problem with mental health disorders is there's a lot of shame. We don't yeah. run into this with a lot of the other chronic illnesses, right? Like there's a lot of self-blame and there's a lot of shame that can come with the mental health issue because of the way we have completely misunderstood these disorders for decades, right? Mm-hmm. We we victim blamed forever. And this was called science, right? And now we know that's absolutely not true. If I can look at your blood and tell how depressed you're going to be, that doesn't seem like it has very much to do with your willpower, Right. There are things you can do and that you must do to get better. But showing someone their blood work or a picture of blood flow in their brain can really help them start to understand, okay, something's broken in my body. And if I fix it, I could feel better. And then when they do feel better, then it's addictive. Kind of like you've experienced, right? It's like, oh my God, now I have the key. (laughs) I, I now understand how to take care of myself. And I understand like when I exercise, I feel great and unstoppable. And when I don't, I don't feel well. And now I get to actually make a choice. About how I want to live. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So I read the same study you did about serotonin. And I was just like, why is this news? I was so annoyed. (laughs) I'm like, we've Well It was
0: so dismissive, right? Everybody jumped on it. And they're like, serotonin isn't the culprit. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, why is everything so black and white on social media? It's nuanced. And for folks who... These drugs have been lifesavers, myself included. My daughter. I mean, I've seen these drugs change and save people's lives yeah. in a pinch. And to dismiss it is, it's well, it's ignorant and it's yeah, it, you know, it's social media. You got to sensationalize and polarize to get likes and followers. So I I get why they're doing it, but it's idiot. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's my opinion.
1: I love, it. I love it. it. I think it's a much broader story, and I'm very thankful we're expanding the story and expanding the narrative. It's not just serotonin. It's not just dopamine. It's neuroinflammation. It's hormones. It's micronutrients. And so yes. now the next step is okay. Great. Glad everybody's interested. <laughs> right <laughs> now, what do we do about it? So, guys, if at home, if you have not been checked, I want to give you like a list of nutrients that I want you to consider checking and a list of biomarkers. Um, and I'm sure you've already covered this, but just in case this is the only episode someone's ever watched, right? If you have not checked your thyroid, let's talk about that. So having low thyroid can lead to depression. And this is depression that feels heavy, right? I've had clients come in, their TSH is 30 or above. They felt like they had 300 pounds on their back and they had just normalized this over years, right? Cause nobody had checked. And so they just started to feel like, well, I guess I'm just lazy, or I guess I just don't have any willpower. You know, I can't get out of bed in the morning. I'm just like depressed. And then they take medications and they don't work. When you treat that person's thyroid, their metabolism starts working, their cells start making energy again, and they can move and they can think. And it's like, oh my God, you just lifted a, you know, a couple hundred pounds off their back and they just go live their lives, right? It's that miraculous if that's your root cause. It, Same thing. it could
0: be, I'm going to interrupt you because their yeah. TSH could be two or three. True. And they're, they're suicidally depressed, Right, and, and like the smallest amount of thyroid hormone is yep. a complete game changer. so I just want to interject that because it doesn't have to be even those extremes of like, yeah, you're super hypothyroid. It could just be like you're a little bit off and you can't you can't see which way's up, yeah, and you know, it's the it's wild how completely uh magical a little bit of thyroid can be for some folks. Particularly, throw
1: that in. (laughs) I love that you're throwing it in. I mean, particularly, we know this for people who have bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. Thyroid hormone is life saving um, when we get it right. And in part, guys, like a really great book. I don't know if you've had Chris Palmer on yet, but he wrote Brain Energy. Um, He's a psychiatrist from Harvard. I really like this book for folks who are trying to understand what's happening in my brain that makes me and all my family members people who are vulnerable to mental illness right? What's going on at a cellular level. He breaks it down into like what's happening in the mitochondria and how does that relate to inflammation? And it's a brilliant book and a really great summary of a lot of the research that's come out in the last decade that every psychiatrist or mental health professional or anyone who loves someone with a mental health issue needs to know. But these hormones affect your mitochondria and vice versa, right? And so if your cells are not healthy and you're not able to respond to thyroid hormone like normal, sometimes giving that person just a little bit extra thyroid, can really help and just bring them out of the fog enough where they can start to do the other things they need to do to feel better. One of my favorite questions I love to ask people is: what's the number one nutrient deficiency in the US? According to NHANES and CDC. And most people guess vitamin D or magnesium. And actually, it's vitamin B6. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 11- That's so funny.
0: I just gave my daughter a bottle of B6 and I was like, I don't want to argue with you about this. You're going to take this every day.
1: (laughs) Yes, daughter, if you're listening, I agree. Listen to your mom. So like, here's why. You need to be sick for so many things. So guys, vitamins and minerals might sound boring to you, but if you actually study human biochemistry, then you know there's only 80 nutrients that make or break human health. They're either vitamins, minerals, amino acids, omegas, or the macros. Trace minerals. Like, that's it. It's not complicated. If you don't get enough, you're going to be sick. If you get way too much of some, some of them, you're gonna be sick. You gotta get the right amount. And if you're not checking, you can't know. So, B6 is critical for making dopamine. You cannot make dopamine and epinephrine and adrenaline without B6. Go Google this, y'all, and look up tyrosine to dopamine conversion. Look at the images, right? And what you're gonna see. You, have you seen this book? No. This is-
0: Oh my God. I'm I'm so sorry. I'll tell you, keep going. I'll tell you about this in a second. (laughs) I just was like, I was very excited. I
1: love it. So literally the biochemical conversion, you take tyrosine, you combine it with B6, right? You get L-DOPA. Then you use vitamin C to convert L-DOPA into dopamine and adrenaline. What do you think happens if you don't have enough B6? Y'all at home, you cannot do that conversion going to feel depressed and tired. It's not that hard, right? And this is why depression and fatigue are symptoms of a B6 deficiency. Now, 11% of our population has it, has a B6 deficiency. That's according to the CDC. And they have like, that's not functional, right? Right. All the NASH fans in the audience are thinking it's probably higher <laughs> than that. Way um, higher. Right? Way, way. Yeah. So are we surprised that we have so many people with ADHD and depression in our society? I'm not. Now, things like birth control deplete B6 at a higher rate than you would normally lose it. You just require more B6 when you're taking medications like that. And that's not the only type of medication that does that. Does that mean you should stop taking it? No. It just means you might need more B6, right? Can anyone guess the top source of B6? It's chickpeas and beef liver, I was gonna say, this, has got, this has got to come out of a cow. Yeah, beef liver and chickpeas. <laughs> cows, cows, cows fix everything. <laughs> yeah, and, and right because like we store nutrients in our in our tissues. So if you eat the tissues from another mammal, you're likely to get a really condensed source of nutrients. So that makes sense. But like if you're not eating two cups of chickpeas a day, you're not getting enough B6 from your diet.
0: Yeah. And this, so this is, yeah. I, guess I, I gotta tell you about this. So this book is by Alan Gaby. You know Alan Gaby, yeah. Dr. Alan Gaby? Okay, so Alan Gaby, for the audience listening, like OG nutritional, functional nutrition, period. Like all of us that went to school before, I don't know, 2010- We got trained some way by Alan Gaby in nutrition when it came to functional medicine. And so he wrote this book. I don't even know if you can still get it. It's called B6, The Natural Killer, Why You May Suffer from a Dangerous Deficiency and What You Can Do About It. And he basically breaks down in here how, I mean, from arthritis to anemia to you name it. But the way I explain it to patients is most of the toxins in the environment to get processed through your body require B6 as a cofactor. And so we're constantly being bombarded with toxins. So we're constantly having our B6 sucked out of us. And if we're adding alcohol to the mix, which many people are, you're literally not only B6 deficient because the food supply is so deficient in it, but you are getting it used up in- Excess amounts. And so, one of the big ones is acne. Whenever I see somebody with acne, I think I'm sure you're going to get to zinc here in a second. I think zinc and B6, and it's like it's a game changer. I will say though, B6, careful guys, we're not giving you medical advice. Do not go pounding these nutrients without help and without the guidance of a professional, because if you take too much B6, you will screw up your nervous system and it's not fun. So, that, but that's a big one. But this, you got to read this book, Kate.
1: I know. <laughs> The I got to find, healer. I don't
0: know if it's in print. I don't know if it's in print. Yeah, B6, The Natural Healer. Love it. It's Alan list. Gaby. Yeah. It's, I like Dr. Gaby. I think the font's too small for me to even read anymore because I'm too old, but maybe <laughs> I should send this to you. <laughs>
1: yeah, I need to I'll order send you it. my copy. <laughs> oh, but yeah, be great. She, she's yeah. not wrong. Yeah. that's a big one. And guys, this is just one of the many nutrients that we know impacts people like this. So, so zinc. All right, let's talk about zinc. Oh my God, there's almost like no uh, chemical reaction <laughs> that zinc isn't involved in. Like a, over like hundreds of enzymes in the human body require zinc. So if you're thinking, why do I care about enzymes? Enzymes take one chemical and convert it into another chemical, essentially, in the human body. So if you wanna make hormones, neurotransmitters, you're probably gonna need a vitamin and mineral cofactor, zinc being one of them that's frequently used. You need zinc to make digestive enzymes right? You need zinc to have a properly functioning immune system. Zinc has been proven to treat anxiety and depression. You just heard me talk about how supplementing with it can treat ADHD, right? It can improve ADHD symptoms. So number one source of zinc in the U.S. diet is oysters. So if you guys are not eating oysters frequently, you may not be getting enough. And guys, this like number one in the diet is coming from the Office of Dietary Supplements of the NIH. Your tax dollars pay for someone at the NIH, actually a team of someone's, to compile this information for you. It's freely available information. So like, go look it up. Visit the Office of Dietary Supplements at the NIH. Just Google it and type in zinc. Click on the health professional fact sheet and it's going to give you a list. Where can you find this in food? And that's your right as a human to understand how to get the nutrients you need to survive from food. And that's like literally what I did all day, every day in my practice was like design meal plans that were, you know, going to replete people of these nutrients because you shouldn't have to take a million pills the rest of your life just to get what you need. Think about it. Like how did humans survive before we had supplements? I mean, we didn't really have supplements till like the 60s and 70s.
0: Hey, functional and integrative healthcare practitioners, listen up. I've got something for you. Back in the day, I used to stock an entire walls worth of lab kits for each specialty lab that I ran on patients. It took up so much room. Each kit had different instructions, and it was a very tiresome process. On top of that, I would spend forever having to chase down the lab results once they came in by logging into all the different portals and websites. It was honestly a total time suck and time is money after all. But now there's a better way to order lab tests that I'm excited to share with you. Rupa Health is a tool that lets you order from over 30 specialty labs in a single portal. You can order all the tests that you normally do from companies such as Dutch, Vibrant, Diagnostic Solutions, and more. Rupa eliminates all the headaches by having all ordering, tracking, and results in a single place. And they also handle invoices, tracking shipments, automated follow-up, personalized instructions for completing the tests, and so much more. They can even facilitate convenient blood draws for your patients. The best part about Rupa is that it's free for practitioners. Signing up only took me a few minutes and the website is very user friendly. Plus, all of your patients' labs can be found under one single platform. Go to RupaHealth.com. That's R U P A health.com to join a live demo or sign up and see how it works. And if you're simply a listener looking to order your own labs, I have a selection of tests at nearly wholesale prices that you can check out on my website at drtina.com forward slash labs. I've been a low-carb gal for a long time, and I'm embarrassed to admit that I've only recently learned in the past few years that all low-carb folks should know is how critically important electrolytes are to supplement. Electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. Common issues like headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness may simply be a lack of electrolytes. Adequate electrolyte intake can boost performance and recovery in the gym as well. And most importantly, they support the low-carb lifestyle that many of us follow. My new favorite electrolyte product is by Element. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. This means a science-backed electrolyte ratio with none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. Simply adding a daily packet of Element into my routine has given me more energy, less cramping, and improved mood overall. I even think it's helping my sleep. I've teamed up with Element and they've been gracious enough to offer a free gift with purchase to listeners of the Dr. Tina Show. The free gift Element sample pack includes one packet of every flavor. This is the perfect gift for anyone who's interested in trying all of their flavors. My favorite is the raspberry salt. They offer a no questions asked refund on all orders. So if you don't like it, you don't even have to send it back. This offer is exclusively available to Dr. Tina Show listeners. So be sure to use the link in the show notes and take advantage of it now head to the link drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Tina. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Tina. So beef, I'm going back to beef. Zinc is highly plentiful in beef and it's in a form that is highly bioavailable. With zinc, I don't care how much you pound. I don't care how many pills you take. Uh, I saw this clinically. I saw this personally. You could take zinc all day long you have a really good chance of screwing up your immune function if you take too much. Mm-hmm. So again, work with somebody. Do not just start mamsy pamsy pounding the stuff. But it's very difficult to get cellular levels up and yeah. to get it into the cell. It's, it's a challenging one to get intracellularly. And so this is where bioavailable food sources are critical. So oysters beef you know those are some of my animal flesh is some of my favorite places because it is in the form that your body will take in and that has been I mean just upping people's beef has for folks who are willing to do that has been a real game changer in getting like even just getting the white spots off people's that's kind of the go-to right like if there's white spots on their fingernails Mm -hmm. they need zinc I think everybody uh, again you're mentioning nutrients everybody needs yeah, I don't. I mean, who's actually got enough of those in our modern environment? I don't think many do. So something to definitely consider.
1: Yeah, don't take it on an empty stomach, guys. That's a great way to make yourself vomit <laughs> by accident. <laughs> take That's it with the meal. And they, they make some really great multis that have it in there. Um, one thing you guys can do before you even see a medical professional is use something like MyFitnessPal or chronometer to do a nutrient analysis of your diet, right? Those two tracking tools, and there's probably more, will give you an idea of how many micronutrients you're consuming in what you typically eat. And that's actually a really good wake-up call for a lot of us, including myself. Um, When I started tracking, I was like, oh, this is why folks take a multivitamin. Like, this is very hard to get enough vitamins, minerals every single day just through food. Um, So I invite you to check and see where you're at. And if you're getting enough zinc, great, keep doing your thing. If you're not, that's when you'd want to talk with your practitioner and see, you know, what what can we do about this how can I increase my intake and then the other thing is you've got to check and see if you've got enough in your cells so there's a couple different ways you can check for these nutrients serum is one it's just like a regular blood draw that's more reflective of recent intake for a lot of these nutrients um, which means like if you go eat oysters and get your serum zinc checked it's going to be high (laughs) Red blood cell zinc can be really helpful here because it's looking at red blood cells and they, those tend to live about 120 days in our body. So it's a little more reflective of long-term status. No matter how you test, it's important to test, right? And and monitor, especially if you're taking these nutrients long-term to make sure you don't get too high. Absolutely. And
0: clinically, you can almost call it, if you, this is the classic zinc deficiency picture. You've got to Skinny, anxious girl, skinny, anxious teenager who doesn't want to eat. Like yeah. that clinical picture is that low appetite, that anxiety that is untouchable, that seemingly out of nowhere. And they might, you know, they might actually have some extra pounds on them, but they're malnourished. So just yeah. that kind of, I would say more of that malnourished, anxious, crying teenager, white spots on the fingernails, low appetite. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a big one for anorexics, for anybody suffering with anorexia. zinc. It's a really vicious feedback loop. So getting them to eat so they can get the zinc. <laughs> they yeah. have to eat if they're going to take supplements, like you said, otherwise yeah. it's a belly bomber. So yeah. that's a tough one, but such a critical nutrient. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you doubled down on that one.
1: Oh my God. I'm ready to talk about more if you'll let me. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Sorry, right. I keep interrupting. I'm excited. No, no this is this is great. Um, <laughs> omega-3s, I want to talk about one of my favorite studies. Um, we took a group of people, not we, researchers. I feel like I was part of it, I guess. Um, researchers <laughs> took a group of people who were in recovery from substance abuse, right? They're in an inpatient program. They got in, they measured their anger and anxiety day one, and then they split them into two groups. They gave one group of placebo and one group three grams a day of omega-3s. And at the end of the study, uh, which they did the study for about two months, the people in the placebo group actually were angrier and more anxious. The people getting omega-3s had their anger and anxiety reduced by 50%. Wow. From omega-3s. Right? So that makes you start to question, well, hang on a second, anger. I thought anger was like a psychological thing, like, could anger then be an omega-3 deficiency, right? If it improves when you give someone omega-3s, then is anger a symptom of omega-3 deficiency? So let me take you through why that actually might make a little bit of sense. If you guys are interested in the science, which if you're listening to this, I know you are. Yeah, do it. Yeah, so remember I told you like F2 isoprostanes, inflammation in the blood, we can use that to predict how depressed someone's going to be. That's pretty much the same with any mental, emotional issue or cognitive issue. Inflammation creates a lot of havoc and just really interferes with the way your cells are designed to work. And so has a lot of effects on your body, including giving you symptoms of mental health disorders. Arachidonic acid is converted in the human body into prostaglandins, leukotrienes, prostacyclins, mediators of inflammation. If you could see these things floating around, what they're doing in your body is creating a lot of inflammation and wreaking a lot of havoc. Omega-3s interfere with that conversion in the same way that something like ibuprofen does. So when you take ibuprofen and you experience a decrease in inflammation and a decrease in pain, that's because it's interfering with that system, that arachidonic acid system. Omega-3s will do the same thing. And so that's part of why it's working, right? It's treating that root cause of inflammation that's leading to the mood issues. The other thing we're doing in the research now in psychiatry, and you'll see this in, in journals of psychiatry, is looking at something called total antioxidant capacity of the blood. Is this something you guys have talked about on here yet? Mm -mm. Okay, let's talk about, it's kind of like a bench choppy term. Um, it's, It's sometimes abbreviated TAC. There's two ways. There's actually multiple ways to measure this. One of them is you take somebody's blood and you literally like put it in a petri dish with iron. And you see how much that iron will rust. Somebody who has a lot of antioxidants in their blood, vitamin C, vitamin E, zinc even, and HDL cholesterol. That iron is not going to oxidize or rust as much. This is one of the ways to measure somebody's antioxidant capacity. The other way is to just look at how much vitamin C and E is in their blood, right? How much HDL cholesterol, how much zinc? Those nutrients are so powerfully antioxidant that we're actually using them to start to see how resilient is someone against mental health issues. And so when you start to think about that, and we know omega-3s reduce inflammation, they reduce something called HSCRP, which you can measure. Um, You can start to understand, okay, anything that reduces inflammation is probably going to have positive mental health benefits and we see that again and again and again in the research So this is why molecularly it makes sense that taking omega-3s is going to help reduce inflammation reduce symptoms the other thing is you need them for your cell membranes and you need them for your brain if your cell membranes are made of fat that fat is very vulnerable to oxidative stress when your cell membranes are damaged you cannot send hormonal and neurotransmitter signals normally so things are just going to get wonky Um, So this is another reason that omega-3s work. Now, top food sources of omega-3s, salmon, walnuts, chia flax. If you're not eating those foods and you are not taking omega-3s, you're probably deficient. Have you guys talked about like RBC index or like what's your favorite way to measure omega-3s?
0: Well, I just assume if people have a high seed oil diet, that we have a problem because, you (laughs) you know, you can crank omega-3s all day supplement-wise or food-wise, but if they're continuing to consume massive quantities of omega-6s, we have a problem. So that's usually where I start is like, can we stop fueling the fire as I'm trying to put it out? Because omega-3s are expensive, right? Fish oils, high quality fish oil can be cost prohibitive, especially at the doses I like to dose it at. So um, yeah, I... I usually assume most Americans are probably, if they're not really nutritionally conscious, they're probably high in the seed oils and we need the omega-3s to offset it. But hopefully that makes sense to the audience. Like we don't need as many omega-3s if we're not cranking the seed oils (laughs) at the end of the day. And the other piece that's interesting is, uh, and, and I'm sure you'll get to this, but the Everybody thinks DHA for brain health, right? Like DHA is the big omega-3 for brain health. However, EPA is the anti-inflammatory, the the most potent anti-inflammatory of that batch. And so I actually clinically would always treat people with high doses of EPA. And of course, we want to balance and we do want some omega-6s in there in a healthy way. but. Getting a lot of EPA into folks can be profound in shifting their mental state, like very quickly. Um, I've seen people, I've, I've seen it break psychosis, like yep. very psychotic episodes. And I, I'm going to, I'm talking like heavy doses. So don't do this again on your own without... uh, health professionals help, but because you can really imbalance yourself and imbalance your cellular membranes. And if you're eating a lot of seed oils or you have grown up eating, or you've been spending your life eating a bunch of omega-6s, your cells, we have to displace that fatty membrane of all that crappy seed oil consumption. Mm -hmm. And so it can take a little bit of time, but anyway, yeah, I don't, I'm not so keen on the fish anymore with the whole Fukushima and I mean, mm-hmm. I just think our oceans and our rivers are so polluted. I'm not keen on fish sources sadly i've I've recently come to the conclusion that i'm just not I'm not mm-hmm. eating the big fish anymore but and most people don't want to eat anchovies and the little bitty fishies sardines you know yeah. Yeah. the good ones and the yeah and the and the sardines so I do usually suggest people work with someone and consider some kind of especially if they have depression anxiety, any mm-hmm. kind of mental health issues yeah. to consider like a regular omega-3 supplement. Yes. Yeah. I know some people hate omega There's like a big movement. Have you heard this whole movement of people really hating on the fish oil? It's like uh, a whole thing.
1: No, I mean, I know we just had a really cool podcast. Carrie, Dr. Carrie Jones interviewed um, an amazing expert who talked about you need to get it from microalgae and it needs to be like, you know, grown in this specific way. What's Where's this hate coming from? I'm not aware of it. Oh, it's kind of the Ray Pete movement. There's just this group of...
0: And they have a valid argument that high dosing fish oil is really, it's a PUFA at the end of the day. It's okay. a polyunsaturated fatty acid. And so you are going to have oxidation on the cellular membrane level. So I don't know where I'm at on that all of that yet. I haven't quite... Made my decision, but in the meantime, I feel a heck of a lot better when I take three thousand. So three thousand milligrams, you mentioned from that study. My background's musculoskeletal medicine. Three thousand milligrams is the starting dose for anti-inflammatory properties. So yeah. below that, you're not really getting it. So at three thousand milligrams and above, we start to get into that anti-inflammatory zone, and it can be life changing for people. Yeah, like it's it's a profound game changer. so yeah. Anyway, I'll leave it to you. You proceed. I that's my rant. <laughs>
1: good. I love these conversations. I mean, cause at the end of the day, it's like, just get enough. Let's start there. Yeah. For me, it's like, get enough and start with the plant-based sources. Then they're going to give you like a ALA and not EPA, DHA, but your body can convert that. Start by just consuming a diet that is replete in these foods, in these nutrients. So get enough walnuts, get enough chia, get enough flax, right? Start there.
0: See how you feel. Do you really and- think ALA can convert I've, I've heard arguments against that. And I, so I ha, I'm not really sure where I am on it, but I'd love I've to hear I've never had
1: someone just be like, walnuts saved my life, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because like omega-3s, you feel them more. They're a concentrated hit of anti-inflammatories. Yeah. But I think in order to do, you know, justice for people, we must start to teach them how to get this stuff from food. It mm-hmm. cannot just be pills. And so there has to be some kind of balance, right? So to me, what we would do is actually measure. We would build people meal plans that got them enough omega-3s every single day, at least two grams. And then on top of it, we would supplement. And so what we would actually teach people to do is on days where they were getting eight grams of omega-3s from their diet, they didn't have to take their pills. On days where they don't get any, they do. And that's kind of like how advanced you can get with it if you're actually tracking your micronutrient intake and making sure it's winding up in your bloodstream, like your digestion's good, right? You're not having any issues with that. Um, So yeah, to me, it's like, how do we teach people how to get enough from food and then supplement where they need to? And I don't know, I'll leave it to to everybody else to debate the ideal form. But like, (laughs) in in general, like whole foods forms are best. I'm not going to wait for the research because like, same thing. 10 years ago, it was like DHA is all that mattered. And you throw out the rest of the, you know, everything that comes with omega-3s. And it's like, you know, just wait a few years and we're going to find out that the rest of that food mattered. And so I don't really wait for that, right? I'm just like, let's get it from Whole Foods for for you if we can. And let's get you enough. And let's see how you feel. Um, I'm with
0: you. I agree. Amazing. Talk about inositol. I think that that's a huge, huge game changer for people when it comes to their mental well-being.
1: Inositol, guys, is the only nutrient that I know of that will stop a panic attack in its tracks, have used it to cure panic disorder. And people usually get a little like shifty in their seat when I say that. It's like, what do you mean cure panic disorder? I'm like, literally, I mean cure. I mean, stop it and it never comes back. So inositol, we used to think was a B vitamin. We now consider it a glucose isomer. It cannot hurt you. No toxic dose. You can't take so much that you die, which is great news for any type of intervention. Um, so it's very safe. You need it for hormonal health, for liver health, for glucose metabolism. It's very calming in the powdered form. I have seen it acutely help with panic, right? So you take a, a you know, however much your doc tells you in some water, if you're feeling panicky and 10 minutes later, you're like, was I worried about something? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Aver- yeah. And everyone around you like, yeah, you, you were. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah.
0: It's pretty amazing. It works. Very well. It tastes lovely. Uh, it's in my, so I have a product called Relax Tonic in my line and it's two grams of inositol, L-theanine, GABA, a little L-tyrosine. Uh, I think there's a little B6 in there and it's, uh, shoot, you know, it it never fails. Like a, a scoop of that and everything's okay 20 minutes later and you can kind of assess what's going on. You know, that's how I yes. use it. It's like, I'm not going to freak out. I'm just going to take yeah. my relaxed tonic. Then I'll come back to the table. <laughs> I'll decide what, what yes. I need to do next. What are my next best steps? But it, you know, and I think it's the inositol in there at that high dose that is such a wonderful uh, shift. It, it just really creates a lovely shift in your, yeah. in your mindset so that you can address what you need to
1: address without it being supercharged. Absolutely. I love, you kind of have like a whole foods product of inositol. That's great that you have that extra stuff in there. I need to try some of that actually. I'll send you some. It's it's a good one. (laughs) Please. Like I, that sounds beautiful. So, and guys, this isn't like, I I know it's really helpful to hear kind of people's clinical experience. Like I have a case study that's published about somebody named Mary who couldn't even get in the car, was just having panic attacks. She was 20. She had no life. Couldn't get in the car. Couldn't go to school. Didn't have friends. Like she was completely sidelined because she couldn't even drive um and inositol fixer she does, has not had a panic attack since and this is like over and no. over again we see this so and again that might not be your root cause at home but chances you know talk to your practitioner about it it really could help we have studies that it is more effective for panic disorder than fluvoxetine which is a prescription medication so again something to really consider in your toolkit as you think about addressing this so many people think panic disorder is psychological But I challenge you, right, go take some inositol, talk with your practitioner, address your histamine issues, and see. Because a lot of us have experienced (laughs) that when you actually have the right nutrients on for it, the panic just kind of melts away.
0: Well, Uh, uh, inositol, like you said, helps with hormones, and it helps so much with conditions like PCOS. And so uh, it it just, I shouldn't say directly treats it, it just balances things out in a way that the body is less prone to the... Highs and lows of PCOS. And so that's, you know, these aren't always direct mechanisms. Sometimes right. they're indirect, and it's just getting that harmony. I always tell my daughter, <clears throat> we're just looking for the right nutrients at the right ratios to biohack your brain. Yeah. We're just trying to get your brain to its happy place and or you have the tools on board when the panic strikes or when the whatever it is whatever comes up you know that we we have our go-tos we know what to do so that we don't completely melt down into a puddle of yeah. tears and anxiety and you know crippling phobias or whatever it may be for the person. So I'm really just a big fan of not necessarily living off this stuff to, as a crutch, but using it, like we said, as a tool to get your, this is also, these are tools, right? To get your leg up so that you are eating the right foods and you're living the right lifestyle, but having something to go to so that you don't completely melt down when you tend, I used to really struggle with panic attacks in college and they came out of nowhere and they do show up sometimes still. And it's, absolutely terrifying and Mm -hmm. crippling when you don't know what to do. I know what to do now. Uh, But for folks who don't, it's then you just spin out, right? And what a terrible place to be. So we're sharing these because these are tools. Some of them are severe nutrient deficiencies in folks and others are simply, for some folks, just a quick tool
1: to get them out of that loop. And again, guys, if you're born in a human body, it's your birthright to know this stuff. That's my opinion. I love it. Yeah. 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 I'm with you. Um, I got on my list of things we like, I want us to talk about. Yeah. GABA, magnesium, um, movement. Cause you and I are both power lifters. So like, obviously we have to talk about that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, in my clinical experience and I believe probably yours as well. I want you to chime in here, but, um, I was, I, it was a couple of years ago. I was at, in a CE lecture and somebody presented The research, the people who lived through recently traumatic events had lower levels of GABA in their cerebrospinal fluid. And that almost you needed like a GABA repletion protocol to help you get back up to normal. And clinically, I have actually found that that really played out. So a lot of my folks who had PTSD or who had severe insomnia, um, especially after like a period of high stress, would really benefit from talks about GABA, what it does in the brain, how to maximize it from the diet. Um, You need B6, folks, to convert (laughs) glutamate to GABA. Glutamate is excitatory. Too much is going to make you super irritable. If you don't have B6, you cannot convert it to GABA, which is your most calming neurotransmitter. Helps you sleep, helps you remain calm. Um, So, yeah, tell me the conversations you guys have been having on the podcast about GABA. Well, I haven't talked about it much. You know, I was
0: I was a student when the conversation was, if you benefit from GABA, it means you have a leaky brain barrier because GABA is a large molecule. And if it can get into the brain and calm you down, then you've got a leaky brain barrier. And I'm like, no shit, everybody right. does. <laughs> that, that wasn't a big conversation then though, because we were all hung up on leaky gut. And I'm like, well, if you have a leaky gut, of course you have a leaky brain. And that was just coming into the conversation. So that was funny, but- I'm a huge fan of GABA. You're absolutely right. The way I explained it to people is so, you know, in the strength training community, glutamine is a big supplement, right? People love their glutamine and glutamine is depleted when you are stressed out and or when you're getting sick. So you can really pound glutamine and have some great benefits. But if you don't have enough B6 on board, just like you said, it, you go down the glutamate pathway and glutamate is an excitatory neurotoxin like straight up causes brain damage and people are already dealing with leaky brains and brains on fire. So that's not good. But if you have enough B6 on board, you go down the GABA pathway, which is your inhibitory... You know, neurotransmitter, and everything's lovely. (laughs) I'm a big fan of GABA. I don't care if I have a leaky. Of course, I have a leaky brain. I've been through. (laughs) We've all been through. I mean, what do you call the last three years? We all need a GABA repletion probably protocol, right? After what Mm -hmm. we all just. I mean, we're living in this time of constant unknowns. I mean, we wake up and it's like damage control. What's going on today? Mm -hmm. And it's it's it just gets crazier every day. So, I'm a big fan of the GABA, and I think that most people benefit from it that I've seen clinically. And again, it's a wonderful tool. If you have to live off of GABA just to function, we're missing something. Yeah, But there's more work to be done. But GABA in and of itself, I think is uh, phenomenal and very useful clinically for people. And I think very safe. I, you know, combine that, like again, with inositol, you're, you can be pounding that stuff. If anything, it's just going to make you, I have had some people get sleepy from it, Mm -hmm. you know, too much because it is an inhibitory neurotransmitter, but Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know necessarily the best ways to either inositol or GABA with food. I feel like those are things that you got to supplement, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Is is there food sources you like?
1: There are. What I will say is clinically, if I really felt like somebody was acutely GABA deficient, so they had had PTSD, they had really bad insomnia, we'd replete it at night. So I wouldn't have them take it during the day. I'd have them take it before bed so that if they were tired, it helped them sleep better. So it was kind of a beautiful way to treat uh, anxiety and insomnia at once there are food sources of GABA they're not great so um, interestingly fermenting foods makes the GABA in them more bioavailable oh perfect up to 10 times so think about all the like research we've had on the positive benefits of fermented foods recently like yes for your microbiome absolutely but likely they're also impacting your neurotransmitter status we we don't know yet we haven't really looked at that except to know that there's way more GABA if you ferment something Natural food sources of GABA are things like tempeh, sauerkraut, kimchi, miso, kombucha, chili, like in terms of like chili ingredients, tomatoes, beans, and then even rice has some GABA. So what we would say is like, make yourself a little chili, right? Um, Or something and have some sauerkraut. And like, I mean, if you think about like a warm soup or a warm chili, you kind of just do feel a bit comforted by that food. (laughs) Who's to say it's not because of the GABA in there, but like those are, we, we have evidence that there's GABA in those foods. Um, foods with inositol tend to be grains. Um, hmm. And the jury's out for me on what's going on with why so many of us need inositol all of a sudden. Like, I don't know. I'll wait for the, the science to come out. I don't know if you have any guesses. Um, yeah. I don't. I feel like it was
0: discovered as an easy it's kind of sweet tasting. Yeah. It comes in a powder. It's affordable. So I feel like it showed up on the scene and everybody jumped on it, yeah. myself included, and everybody was blown away. So I feel like it was maybe more of it. You know, there's these certain things become the sweetheart for a while yeah. in, the, in the scene, right? And everybody uses it. Everybody gets really excited about it. And so, but you know, I will say with high doses of inositol, you can decrease testosterone. And so mm-hmm. I don't know the clinical implications of that, but I tend not to use it after a workout. I will use it much later in the day at bedtime, but I try to veer people away from it. Like don't go, like don't, with my relaxed tonic, for instance, like don't go pound it right after a workout Mm -hmm. because I don't want to turn off that testosterone synthesis. So I'm not really, and I think that's probably one of the mechanisms that it's helping with PCOS.
1: Yeah. we want to be aware of that it seems to help you metabolize your hormones more quickly so if you don't want to get rid of your hormones faster then Mm. think about that right so and again like this is why guys like we can give you all the evidence and the science you got to go talk to your practitioner about how you're going to do this in the real world for these reasons right because your practitioner (laughs) is going to know like hey hang on a second are you trying to boost your tea (laughs) are you trying to like train for a competition right now maybe not you know, maybe not the time. So, okay, interesting. So you don't take it after a workout. What are you I doing? Just,
0: yeah. I'm just trying to keep that mTOR going. I'm just trying to do everything I can to... I'm Love I'm it. almost 50. My muscle mass just does not want to build and stay. <laughs> so... I'm fighting perimenopause always. And I'm like, I'm not going to shoot my testosterone in the foot on this one, but I do use it at night. I take my relaxed tonic every single night. And when I don't, I tend to wake up at three in the morning. So Mm. there's that, you know, Mm. it is, it is my nighttime crutch, but it, it it does offset the stress of the day and it keeps my cortisol happy at whatever level it needs to be at to stay asleep. So
1: what are you doing for your workouts right now?
0: Not much. I'm just trying to hit my protein grams. Yeah. I'm terrible about it. I mean, that's another one we should talk about. When you're yeah. protein deficient, you feel like a crazy person. I mean, people mm-hmm. who are protein deficient. I just was reading. <laughs> this is so funny. I want. I I got to get my phone and read you the headline about died laughing. I. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Okay, so Medscape. Just so everyone knows, Medscape is like the American Medical Association's um, news. You know, they 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 share news out, and it's the the AMA's approved news Mm -hmm. that they share out. And this headline, oh, I can't find it. It basically said, oh, I think I have it pulled up still. I think I have the study pulled up. Vegetarians, this is from, oh, this is a December... 2022, they just decided to re-share it with us. Vegetarians suffer more depression than meat eaters. People who follow a vegetarian lifestyle have around twice as many depressive episodes as those who eat meat, according to the Brazilian Longitudinal Study of Adult Health. And Brazil is known for their meat eating, right? But this was what, this is the what to know bullet points. This is where I laugh. The high incidence of depression among vegetarians, bold, it's in bold font, is not caused by nutrition but possibly by several factors, including the vegetarian social experience, depression itself may increase the likelihood of becoming vegetarian or both. Vegetarianism and depression may be associated with guilt through factors involving the meat industry. But the fact that they said is not caused by nutrition, I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not buying that. Would I don't be, know. what do you
1: think? Well I'd be fascinated to see the blood samples they took of vegetarians and non-vegetarians. And like I have a feeling they did not do that. Um so- yeah, because
0: protein is pretty critical for a lot of folks. And whether you want to eat animal flesh protein or not is not. I'm not gonna just like argue with folks, not you, but like the audience yeah. wants to come at me often. But I have found that yeah. my vegetarian patients, myself included, for ten years, like the depression is untouchable when your body preferentially wants animal sources of protein. It's a that's a game changer for me and often for my patients is like getting them yeah. to eat some kind of animal protein. Maybe it's eggs. Who knows? But that often helps quite a bit.
1: Yeah. What I'll say is like, uh, if you just look at the top sources of most of the nutrients we've talked about today, they are animal foods. So beef liver, oysters, beef are really excellent sources of a lot of the B vitamins and amino acids that you need to make neurotransmitters, serotonin, and dopamine. And so again, like, yes, and keeping your blood sugar stable and all that. Um, and so I, I suspect that that's why, um, we know that meat is an excellent source of zinc. And so, um, James Greenblatt is one of my favorite psychiatrists who talks a lot about eating disorders and he's like, full stop. Do not let your teenagers go vegan. Don't. They're going to wind up zinc deficient. They're going to wind up anorexic, anorexic and depressed. And it's very hard to reverse because once you are zinc deficient, you're having a hard time digesting and making stomach acid, So then meat does bother your stomach and then you don't want to eat meat. So it's this kind of like cyclical relationship. Um, that being said, is it possible to eat a completely plant-based diet and be healthy? Absolutely. You'd have to do it right. You have to be very intentional. Um, yes. And and I think what you guys are hearing from us is like, no matter what type of diet you subscribe to, you got to be intentional about making sure you get these nutrients. Like anyway, because most of you who are eating meat are probably not eating oysters and beef liver, a whole bunch like, So you still have to check. You still have to measure. But it's much harder if like as someone who literally my job for a whole two years was to build people a diet that got them 100% of every single nutrients they needed in a day. Wow. That is insanely hard to do. (laughs) That's a job. It's hard, (laughs) right? And if you haven't done it, I invite you to try. You will very quickly see... Oh my God, I love this story. Actually, I had one lady come in to see me. I was brand new doc, brand new. She told me, Kate, all I eat is ground beef, potatoes and green beans. And I was like, that's it? She's like, yeah, I eat these three things. I have an autoimmune disorder. It's the only, you know, if I, that's how I like keep my flares under control. And I was like, wow, that's fascinating. I put her diet in the nutrient tracker that we used and analyzed it. And it was the most replete diet I have seen to date. Eating those three things, she got most of her vitamins, most of her minerals, most of her amino acids. Right, right. I, I was just gonna laugh. I was gonna be like, "You should
0: see what I eat," because it's pretty darn close. <laughs> I'm and telling you, beef. Beef is amazing. Beef is beef has um, beef is amazing. I can't believe I I rejected it for ten years and went crazy.
1: Oh yeah, I was raw vegan when I started med school. Like that was oh. the dump, right. And again, why did I do it? I wanted to help the environment. I wanted to be kind to animals. Like, I don't want to be part of an industry that I felt like was contributing to global warming. Like, there were so many reasons, so many really great reasons. Still, I eat usually one to two vegan meals a day, right? Like, I have vegan sources of protein that I consume. I get 100 grams of protein a day because I'm fanatical about it, just like you are, right? It's like, I'm not going to let myself become nutrient deficient again. But I walked into a doctor and he was like, your blood urea nitrogen is low. If we don't fix this, you're going to like be really sick. And I didn't feel good. And it's because I had no idea what I was doing. I wasn't tracking my nutrients. I wasn't checking my blood work. I was just trying to live a life that I felt proud of, which is what so many people are doing. And so keep doing that guys, but combine it with science and start to track, you know, what are, what's your nutrient intake like? What's your blood work saying? And then you can include medicinal amounts of meat to get you there as needed.
0: Or come out to my house where I live surrounded by monocrop agriculture and you will see the bloodbath that this is when they harvest the, Not, I'm not dissing you, I didn't mm-hmm. realize this until about three years ago. I moved out here uh, three, four years ago at the start of the pandemic and oh my goodness, every year I watch them rotate crops, but- when they go through with each machine to do each thing, each swipe of the machine, so we've got the combine and the swather and the every single time a machine comes through to do something to the crop, the turkey vultures and the hawks come out and all the mangled bulls and field mice and snakes end up all over my property and my dog goes on a hunting spree and it is a bloodbath. So mm. the vegan way of growing the food is not so kind. At the end of the day, there's a lot of animals that lose their lives. And I'm telling you every time a machine comes through. So each one of these crops requires maybe three or four different go-throughs of a machine. And then in the middle of all of that, there is monumental amounts of glyphosate sprayed yeah. all over the place. And so, and that's yeah. blowing everywhere. So it's, I realized very quickly, I was like, yeah, you know, regenerative, uh, regenerative cattle yeah. rearing, it, it, there's way less lives lost. I'm not trying to make an argument for or against, because I know I have vegetarian followers, not so many, yeah. actually, most of my people know I'm pretty big in the meat world. But I didn't realize it until my dog was out there, you know, bringing half mangled bowls up onto the patio for me. (laughs) (laughs) She's bringing me a treat. And I'm like, oh, this isn't nice. Like this is, I didn't know until I lived in it really how it goes. It's, it's pretty brutal. So I just thought I'd throw that in there. My audience has heard me talk about it and I've shared pictures on Instagram because it's just like, wow, I had no idea. Uh, this, this was such a, Process, you know, and a toxic process
1: and a murderous process. There's so much we don't know about how our food is grown. And I think that's why I always would encourage my clients. I would look at them and say like, you know, like you're a mammal too. Like, I know you you're doing this because you care about animals, but like you're a living being. You're on the planet. And so we have to start looking at, what nutrients you're getting and what nutrients not, and just look at the data. Take all of the other preconceptions and notions and whatever you've got about food. While you are in this healing phase, you need to get 100% all your B vitamins, all your minerals, all your amino acids every day. And I don't care how you get there, but I'm but I will tell you the easiest way, and it is usually to eat some type of animal product in the beginning. If you don't want to do that, you just got to make sure that you're getting them some other way. So I think that's where it can be really helpful is to just like, look at the data, look at the breakdown. And,
0: and look at their labs. Like you said, yeah. look at, you know, when you put people's labs in front of them, generally they're pretty, it's pretty eye opening, You know, I've, I've. My vegan patients, their labs look the closest to cancer patients than Mm. any other group. And I would put their labs in front of them. And I'm like, your body is eating its own tissues. Mm. This is not a judgment. Some people would get very angry with me. But it wasn't a judgment. And also I did regenerative injection therapies. I couldn't heal these people. It didn't matter Mm -hmm. how many rounds of injections we did, if we harvested their blood for PRP, if we harvested their fat for stem cells, I couldn't get these people better. But oddly enough, the minute I got them on some kind of collagen supplement or they would agree to have some kind of animal-based protein, Mm -hmm. whether it was whey protein or eggs or whatnot, miraculously, a majority of their musculoskeletal pain would go away and their joint pain. So there's something there. We have to eat collagen to make collagen, right? And so it's, it's not a, this is not, I mean, I was a vegetarian for 10 years. I get it. It was to help animals. Like it was because I love animals. So I'm not, I'm not trying to make a big deal out of this, but it is something that we see from, you know, objectively from labs. It's like, hey, this is what we got. And I think it's. Of value to have those ran and looked at for folks, because especially if they're struggling with anything that they're not healing well from.
1: Yeah. And guys, it's your right to get these labs drawn. I think like that's, I'd love to talk about that too. I don't know how much you guys chatted about that. So a lot of times people like they'd listen to me on a podcast, right. Or they'd come in and they have had heard an amazing podcast about all these nutrients and they'd be wondering, you know, what's going on with my kid, right? I heard about vitamin B6 and iron and magnesium, and I want to check those. And whatever doctor they were chatting with wouldn't run it for them, right? Um, there's, a couple re- there's a couple things that you can do about that. So one, in the States, you can order your own labs. Actually, most people don't know about that. Um, but also, you can find a practitioner who will. Or you can find an online program that will include these labs, and so that's something I'm really proud that Rupa is doing. Um, is that we're making it easier for more doctors with a click of one button to order these labs for you. So to step back, if you guys aren't functional medicine practitioners, ordering like a full-on nutrient panel is difficult. Like sometimes you can't get the right form of the nutrient at your local lab core. Like you can't even get it checked, right? And In the old days, docs had to like go to a specific company and sign up for an account and stop kits in their office. And it was like very labor intensive. And then if you take that kit home and you mess it up, like then you need another one. It was just a lot. And when you have a broken brain and you already feel like you can barely get up in the morning, that whole process feels really overwhelming. And so it's one of the things I actually was frustrated with the most in clinical practice is like how much administrative time it was taking me just to get people the things that they needed to heal. I was so frustrated that it wasn't easier. And Rupa came into my life and made it easier for me to drop ship my kits to my patients. And they did all the customer support. And they were like instantly better than I was at it. So they have a team of like super helpful folks who will like, literally, they were guiding my patients through like how to collect a Dutch test, which if anybody at home has done, you know, it's hard.
0: (laughs) it's hard yeah it's a game changer I didn't I had already closed my practice by the time Rupa showed up and when I recently learned about them I'm like are you kidding me this is amazing I had a whole lab full of kits like walls full of kits and then if you didn't have one like maybe you ran out and the patient's sitting there and you know it's this is a game changer and it really does it makes it easier for the practitioner of course and like we've talked about time is money, but it really makes it more accessible for the patient. And it yeah. brings an inclusivity to a practice that what maybe wasn't there otherwise, because you maybe didn't have an account set up with that lab yeah. company as a practitioner. So this really changes the, the game.
1: It also like when we save practitioners time with administration, right? So you don't have to go order that kit, put the kit on the shelf, find the kit, explain the kit. That time you can use to see another person. And help them heal, which is big because there just are not enough functional medicine doctors to heal the world, right? We have so many millions and millions and millions of sick people. Like I just read a paper today by 2050, 150 million people are going to have Alzheimer's, 150 million people have a mental health disorder. Like we have to do better and there are not enough functional medicine doctors seeing enough people to make it happen. We have to get more efficient. We have to reach more people. And we need tech to do it, right? is a tech company. At, at our heart, that's what we do. We bring in tech to make it easier for doctors to reach more people. And we need it, like desperately. Our world, it needs a solution. So yeah, that helped me immediately, help my clients, right? I'm like, cool, you guys talk to people about collecting the test kits and ordering and shipping them and whatever. I'm gonna go see more folks. Great. Yep. Second thing they did, remember I told you I spent two years planning out meal plans, right, up till midnight, trying to figure out how do I get this person who doesn't like vegetables and who will only eat Oreos and hot dogs 100% of the nutrients they need a day. It was like a math problem. It was impossible to solve. Hours this would take me. They created a meal planning tool where literally you can type in Anti-inflammatory, low FODMAP meal plan, the gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free, soy-free, 1,600 calories a day, 100 grams protein a day, three grams omega-3s a day, and they really like Mexican food. Go. In two minutes, it's done. Seven days of foods that your client will eat, will like, and that will nourish them and heal them.
0: It's amazing that the mm-hmm. food, the food plan part, when I found that the other day and I was playing with it, I was like, are you kidding? I've showed like six <laughs> different doctor friends. I'm like, you got you got to get on a Zoom and see this. This is amazing. This is, but for people who don't know, meal planning is so challenging. I would, I actually used to outsource it and hire people to do it for me as a practitioner. And it was so expensive. Yeah. Even just getting a a complete recipe, like a good tasting recipe with the macros, with the calories, with everything would cost upwards of like $35 a recipe. So yeah. this, this is like, this is a game changer. If you guys are functional health pre- professionals, like get a free account with Rupa. And even if you just use it for the meal plans, because that part's amazing.
1: Oh my God. Have your nights and weekends back. Yes, please. Let us help you with that. Um, and especially- change the game for your patient.
0: Like yeah. this is a really great offering to give to a patient like this is a like you were doing it yeah. professionally and you were somebody was smart enough to hire you to do that right or you figured out that that's what you needed to do professionally for your patients but what a absolute game changer for patients to have just something in front of them even if it's you know just to spark their ideas but to have so I put mine in ice because I, cause I pr- predominantly eat beef and fruit and I put in the most interesting profile and it, 30 seconds later there was just a variety of options I hadn't even thought of. And I was like, Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> there's my macros. There's my protein grams. There's, you know, it's great.
1: Yeah. And like, oh, people come over my house all the time and they're like, what's that on your fridge? Is that your meal plan? Can I have that? And I'm like, it's different. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'll make you. I'm usually like, take a picture. It's different macros than you'll need, but steal the recipes for sure. Like it's it's fun. And it's it what it does is. I mean, when I would train RDs to do this type of meal planning, they would would usually either cry or it would take them eight hours the first time they did it. It's not easy to get someone all the nutrients they need in a day through food, which is why I'm so passionate about making sure that people know they're really at risk for micronutrient deficiencies. Like if you're not intentional about this, you're not getting enough nutrients. Full stop. I have yet to see one person walk in my practice who is getting 100% of everything they needed in a day by accident. It doesn't happen. This is why we're such a profoundly nutrient deficient and sick society. So the lift, the heavy lift that it was for me to train RDs who already had master's level training in nutrition, I would still have to train them for weeks and weeks and weeks to get them to be able to do this. Now, two minutes with AI, any practitioner in the world can do it. So guys, like, go, you can ask your personal trainer. They can sign up for RUPA. Your therapist, like anybody with an NPI number, anybody with a healthcare license can sign up and do this for you. So like, ask them to do it. And then that way you skip over all the master's degree level training and hours of training it required and just get AI to do it for you and start healing because food really is what heals you. Um, The other thing we're doing is making it possible for practitioners to include labs in online programs. So I had a program called like, um, what do we call it? Eat Right for Your Brain Type, right? Where I went through and said like, what's going on with your brain and what are the things you'd need to do it? Here's a way that you could order labs along with this online program so that you can literally have your results in front of you, go through the online program. And for a fraction of the price it would cost to see somebody one-on-one, you can get all the information that you need to take your health into your own hands. So to me, it's really exciting the ways that you can use tech to democratize access to good medicine, um, and I'm really, really, like proud that this company is doing that. And guys, if you have ideas for like what else the industry needs, like tell Rupa every day in Slack. it's like this person gave us, you know this idea, like this practitioner wants this. like we're building for what our doctors and our practitioners need because we know they're the ones that are going to save the world. I love it. It's true. It's a really easy platform
0: to use, and i I jokingly, I was like, God, I should go back into practice. This would be fun. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So much easier.
1: (laughs) I know. The docs
0: today have it so easy. Oh, yeah. The tech, everything. Well, just being able to drop ship kits to people's houses and, you know, for the for folks listening, you know, encourage your your doctors to listen to this episode because like you had mentioned, Dr. Kate, because it's really getting hip with technology is something that I know a lot of great doctors are averse to. I know this because I train them in how to build an online business and just getting them to open up Instagram and start using it is a challenge in many cases. So, using this kind of technology is like oh you know it's it's buttons and you know they like the way they run their labs this is really quite easy it's a very user-friendly platform and i think like you said it'll it'll just change the playing field for folks because access to this kind of stuff shouldn't just be for people with lots of money you know this yeah. is ai has really changed things and 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 companies like you said using technology it just brings I, that's the one thing I have to say, I hate talking about this stuff on social media because there's so many people who can't access a lot of the things that I want to talk about and it bums me out, you know, and it, it shouldn't be that way.
1: I mean, do do your listeners kind of know the economics behind this? Like why that is? Are you willing to give me two minutes to explain to them if not? Yeah, go for it. Uh, all right, guys. Average primary care doctor is expected to see 40 patients per day. 40 and each of those patients insurance is paying 200 bucks per visit right you can do the math so if you are going to spend two hours with each of your clients how much would you need to charge to make eight thousand dollars do the math right if you're only seeing eight patients a day you'd need to charge them thousand dollars each that's the math with functional medicine we don't want to charge you $1,000. So guess what functional medicine doctors do? We just be poorer (laughs) than everyone else, right? Like, honestly, we run leaner. We do more with less. We try to keep our prices low. But when you think about how much money it takes to keep a practice open, that's the economics in the US. So it's not that a functional medicine practitioner is just like charging you more because they can or because they want to. It's that to keep a practice running with less people because you're spending more time with each person, It's very, very difficult. And so that's why it's so critical to help these docs work faster and see more folks, right? So if you can bring in a tool, for me, what I would do before people would come in, they would fill out a a questionnaire and I had an intern going in, typing in their symptom score. We give them a graph. What's their symptom score? This is all by hand, right? But it was so that I could very quickly assess their whole health in a streamlined way. Other docs are taking 90 minutes to ask people all the questions about like, You know, where'd you grow up? What are you allergic to? What are your allergies, right? We have to use tech to make this more efficient so that we can bring the cost of care down and help us do this more quickly. And the reason that online programs are so exciting, and thank God you're teaching doctors how to use them, is that you can do this one to many model, so that you don't have to see one person per hour. In one hour on Zoom, you could talk to thousands And if you're giving them the tools that they need to run their own lab work and interpret it and figure out what to do next with your help and guidance, then that's how we really reach a ton more people and start to turn the tide of what we're seeing right now with where we're headed in terms of how many people are going to wind up with chronic illnesses over the next few decades. The numbers are staggering. So we have to just like, you know, scale and grow. And the only way I know to do it is with tech. Amen. I'm with you a thousand percent. That's, yep. There's no,
0: I don't think there's any way around it. I think mm. those who don't embrace tech are going to be left behind. So it's it's just a matter of time. And at the end of the day, I just saw, I think it was the Wall Street Journal, just did a breakdown of doctors' salaries, And Mm -hmm. they listed them. It's on Instagram. It's on their Instagram. It's a series, a carousel of slides. And guess who makes the least amount of money of everyone? Functional medicine doctors. We are at the bottom. Very, 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 very bottom. Like by leaps and bounds over the, you know, orthopedic surgeons and anesthesiologists and all that jazz. So, I, yeah, I get it. And folks... Our doctors don't choose this path because it's cool. It's actually the best way to get your board after you, to get stigmatized, to, you know, this is... That's the thing. It's it's punk rock to go into functional medicine straight up. So doctors <laughs> who are doing it are doing it because they truly have seen the light and they want to get people better. Yeah. They want to help human beings get better. And so anytime we can utilize technology, I'm a huge fan. And the one-to-many model, I think, is brilliant because now we've got community, we've got accountability, yeah. and we've got people actually learning and educating. And when you educate a patient, I mean, that's what our second tenet in naturopathic medicine is dosere. I've tattooed it on my wrist. When you educate a patient, they, no one can take that away from them. Yeah. That knowledge is theirs forever. What they choose to do with it, it's up to them, but if they know better, they can do better and they can't do better until they know better. And if they, the beautiful part is when you get people excited about it is that they go teach other people. And so I catch my husband on the phone, you know, he's kind of a <laughs> redneck from out here in Amity. I mean, he's not a redneck, he's just kind of a hick, you know, and he's we're out in this little town in Oregon and I hear him on the phone, basically teaching his brother and his friends and his son, the stuff I teach him only in his language, which is hysterical. <laughs> Love it. He's I on like, a podcast with him. What, yeah, what's he saying? He's like, that S will f you up. You can't be eating that gluten. It's <laughs> gonna mess up your joints. If you're eating lectins, it's gonna punch holes in your gut. <laughs>
1: Please bring him on. And I also need Instagram content from him. It's the best. It's amazing because people resonate. They
0: get it, you know? He says it in a way. So he goes on these job sites. He's a blue-collar guy. He goes on these job sites. And, like, he has one goal aside from doing really good work, and that is to change all these young men's minds about what they're eating. So, like, he gets these kids off of their Red Bull. He gets them off of their Mountain Dew. Like, he... The way he explains it is just so just frank and basic, but they get it, you know? And so by the time he's done spending a month or month and a half working with his crew, he'll have completely overhauled everybody's diet. (laughs) He's he's got them all eating the way he eats because he prepares all his food in the morning and he brings this big cooler of really high quality nutrition because he's got to, he's like 50 and he's got to get through the day. And he's, these. Young guys will run circles around him if he doesn't, you know, keep himself super healthy. So it's really cute because when he gets off the job site, he'll always tell me a story. It's usually a young person. It's somebody around his son's age that he's Mm -hmm. completely changed their whole insight on how they should be eating. And they do it and they listen. And, you know, like that's the that's how we do it. It's not just us as practitioners trying to educate. It's like if we if part of my goal with this podcast is if I can educate people, then they can go take that information forward and they can go you know, spread the word.
1: So Uh, I see like a syndicated TV show, reality TV following you guys (laughs) in your future. How cool would that be? Oh,
0: that's funny. Yeah, he's a good guy. He, He was easy though. He grew up on a farm. All of yeah. the food he ate for the first 13 years of his life that they prepared. So either they reared the animals, they grew it, uh, very little outside food sources that came into his mouth. And so he gets it. And when I met him, you, you just got married. Congratulations, by the Thanks. way. You know how hard it is when you meet somebody. And it's like, we're, we, we sound like we're in a cult. But we're right. We're right, you know? And so you're trying to explain to these folks that you're dating or potentially dating, like, so this is how you eat. This is how you live. This is why we don't have toxins in the house. This is why we don't eat out of plastic containers. And most dudes that I dated thought I was nuts. They looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, well, okay, fine. And so I was really looking for somebody that was easy to convert, Mm-hmm. You know, I just needed to, I needed, I didn't want to have to overhaul somebody. Yeah. I wasn't going to be dating a Mountain Dew drinker. I just needed someone I had to tinker with a little bit. <laughs>
1: so, Can we just call it what, what it is? Yeah. Like a, you wanted to meet someone intelligent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. And like-minded. Um, I married a PT, a physical therapist. Oh, nice. So it's Perfect. funny. I, I feel like naturopaths, either vary very like farmers, somebody who works with food. Or another healthcare professional, and they do really well. Or somebody who's just intelligent enough to, like, be presented with evidence and understand it and apply it. Yeah. Because they get yeah. it. Because, like, everything we're saying is backed up by some sort of study or research yes. or, or biochemistry. It's it's not like anything we're saying is really outlandish if you look at the science. Uh, but, yeah, I, uh, I met him, and he... Physical therapists are a really cool type of doc. If you guys haven't seen one, you probably should just like go and get a tune-up once in a while. Um, But they study the human body in the same way that naturopathic doctors, they start with the foundations. They go like, well, what does the human body need to work? Right. That's why we study like biochemistry, physiology, and like we truly understand what someone needs to thrive on a molecular level. Physical therapists have that same foundation. And so it was interesting when we met um, we clicked right away. And then they're also, even though they're physical therapists or doctors, they're very humble, almost as a rule. They are always collaborating with other, other clinicians, right? It's never like they're working alone in a silo. Um, and I really like them as a group. They're also like super into fitness usually because they understand yeah. how important it is to move. Um, and when I met Gabe, what struck me about him was he's so grateful. And I don't know if it's like, Look, when you do medicine, when you do healthcare, um, or when you use your body as your tool to live, you're, you just are kind of a more grateful person. I know like, uh, you know, as naturopathy doctors, like we see people on their worst day a lot, a lot of times we're the doctors of last resort, we're seeing somebody after years of suffering. Um, and it just like gives you a different perspective that I think is really important. And so definitely like when you're dating, you'd want somebody who gets that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I definitely, yeah, I saw that, saw that in him for sure. That makes a lot of sense. When I was going through chiropractic college,
0: Well, I was, you know, raised up in medicine when the turf wars were very thick. And now I think there's a huge amount of overlap and we can thank social media for that. And I also think the pandemic has been really great because folks have come out of the woodwork and we are much more collaborative now, you know, we, before the pandemic, the NDs were kind of like, oh, the health coaches and maybe not, you know, and now I'm seeing people actually work together and realize there's a place for all of us and God knows the population at large needs all of us. I mean, we mm-hmm. are, we are in trouble. <laughs> Humans yes. are as a species I think are in trouble. And so it's been great to see everybody. And then I think the strength and uh, conditioning community has brought a lot of overlap. So we see a lot of the chiros and PTs and strength coaches, and now thank God the NDs like you and me, like people who like to do it are, are getting in there too into the fray and into the mix. And that really ultimately helps the patients the most at the end of the day, but the chiropractor PT turf war is a real thing. And it's so funny because we're very different and yet we are very similar. At the end of the day, yes, like we are all needed. <laughs> there are not enough of any of us. <laughs> so there's no need for a turf war. Just like the NDs don't need to be worried about the functional medicine doctors and the health coaches and the nutritional therapists. Like we all are needed and the patients need whatever it is. Whatever, whatever makes that person connect with the truth, whoever's delivering the message is the important person at that time, right? Whoever says it and makes it click, great, good on them.
1: Oh, Whoever yeah. got them
0: there. That's my opinion.
1: Look, the day we don't have enough sick people to go around for all the doctors would be a beautiful day. Right. That day ain't coming anytime soon. Yeah. So yeah, I think I agree with you totally. It's like, there's not enough of us. We all just have to lift each other up and get better at helping each other reach people. Um, I love chiropractors and PTs. I, it's so funny. I've heard about that war. I've never like personally experienced it. Like, cause everybody I meet Likes collaborating, right? And knows like, their practices are full. They don't have time to fight over new patients.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: right? They're like, I wish I had less patients. I wish people would stay healthy and stop getting injured, you know? I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting. I forgot. We talked about this. And I want your clients to know this. I know you talk about strength training so much. Um, when Gabe and I met, I said, I've been looking for somebody to help me create a powerlifting program for my mental health clients. Will you help me? He was so busy at the time, but he said yes, which I'm so grateful for. And so we ran one of the world's first trauma informed powerlifting programs. It was eight weeks long. We did GAD7PHQ9 at the start, which for those of you who don't know are like um, measurements that we use in medicine to quantify how depressed and anxious are people. And then at the end, we measured again. And we found that not only did people statistically significantly improve their mood, just as much as they would taking a medication. But the beautiful thing was that they also were able to increase their PRs. So we had people come in who could not squat down their own body weight. They, like literally couldn't even like s- squat down to sit. Yeah. At the end of this eight weeks, they were squatting with hundred pounds on their back. Wow. And they were happier and less anxious. Like- as effective as a pill. And it just makes you so excited. Cause you're like, dang, I knew this worked, but seeing it on paper is like so rewarding. And so I'm just so grateful that like people like you are talking to the masses, like, thank God, thank you for having your podcast <laughs> and educating the next generation of doctors to do this type of thing every day. The world needs it.
0: Oh, yeah. No, that's amazing. You told me about that weeks ago and I was like, what? You guys did a study? This is, it's incredible. It It's incredible how many folks I've gotten to start strength training just because of Instagram, just because I beat them over the head with it. And they come back to me and they'll either show up in the comments or they'll DM me or they'll email me. I just got a really great email the other day, actually. And these are little old ladies. You'll love this. I mean, these are women in their 70s, 80s, 90s sometimes. And of course, much younger And of course, a lot of them are losing weight and a lot of them are having, you know, profound changes in their pain profiles. But the one thing that everybody reiterates, especially women, is just the impact on their entire life, on their entire being, on their confidence, on their success in business, on uh, just so many variables that are impacted positively by strength training. Because when you get your body strong, it's incredible what happens to your brain and what happens to your confidence and and so many other factors plus and we we don't have to get into this but i mean the actual act of contracting your musculature has profound biochemical pathway that lead yeah. to mitochondrial function and lead to optimal <laughs> yeah. metabolic health. I mean, that's the part that people don't get. This is that's why I say it's non-negotiable. Like if you yeah. actually want your pathways to work, you have to contract your muscles. So, it's I don't know. I I'm so stoked that people are actually listening and I know that I beat this horse to death, but I I'll keep beating the drum cuz I remember talking about this back in that towards the end of my naturopathic training and people being like, oh, Tina, you just want to talk about exercise. And I'm like, because it's yeah. everything. <laughs> it's everything. Like, I wish I, somebody had put me under a barbell when yeah. I was 19 instead of pumping medication into my mouth. You know, I wish they would have said, have a steak and go learn to deadlift. <sighs> that would have been literally profoundly better. So.
1: Yeah. I, Guys, I mean, if you have anxiety and you have not put a barbell on your back yet, I invite you try it. There is nothing that will make you feel more centered than having 100 plus pounds on your back. All of a sudden your nervous system is working in one cohesive part, right? Like you're not thinking about all the other things that don't matter. And it's a nutrient like lifting weights is a nutrient. If you if you don't gravity is a nutrient if you go to the moon, and you don't have gravity putting weight on your body, your body will start to deteriorate. On Earth, we got to do it by lifting heavy things. I mean, if you guys haven't, I just like interviewed Laura Kudari. If you haven't had her on yet, you should talk to her. No, guys, what is you're this like, book? Oh, she's mean- so good. It's about how lifting, it's literally healing trauma one rep at a time. Oh, nice. She goes through all the science of how powerlifting and lifting weights can help people heal from mental health issues, including PTSD and trauma. I love this book. So this is what would get a lot of my clients who came in for mental health to be like, okay, I'm ready to start like thinking about powerlifting, but like I'm super intimidated. I'm scared. My experience with lifting was like having in gym class to do this like hit class where I was like gasping for air and right. lifting five pounds like a hundred times, and I hated it. <laughs> right? Like, no. What Dr. Tina and I are talking about is literally. A V weight, not uncomfortable, not impossible, not scary, and you move it three to five times, then you put it down, then you rest, like, and then you rest. I I first started powerlifting with Gabe, and when he wrote my workout and I had to do like five sets of five squats, I was like, "You mean I do one exercise, and that's it for like ten minutes, like a boy?" <laughs> and like a was boy. Like, yeah, and he was like, yeah, like a boy. Because in my experience, all the classes I did with the women in my life were cardio classes. Yeah. Where you were you were never still, you were always exhausted, you were always moving, and it just like you would end and you'd feel tired. You'd feel spent. Like I didn't I didn't feel like those classes rejuvenated me. The first time I did a powerlifting session, I felt energized afterwards. I didn't feel exhausted. While it was like challenging and fun, it was not hard. It didn't hurt. Like yeah. it was the first type of exercise where I was like, oh, this felt good for me. And like I enjoyed it and could come back tomorrow. And I didn't know that lifting weights could feel like this. Um, and I think for for trauma survivors in particular, just be- because that was a lot of the population I worked with, there is something incredibly healing about knowing that you can move 200 pounds if you need to. Yep. And
0: yeah, yep. It's a big one, especially, I mean, I was severely abused as a kid and I, I don't know. I, I was, I, I was deadlifting yesterday really heavy. And I, you know, you, you get through that last set and you're like, nothing can phase me. I'm afraid of nothing. There's nothing. It does, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the rest of the day or the rest of this week brings. Not only is there an incredible calm and I don't know what the neurotransmitter profile is, but there's something that happens when you lift heavy. And I, you know, we will discla- like disclaimer here, hire a coach, don't go be putting hundred pounds on your back and trying to squat it without some, you know, technique. Cause you will potentially, I, I'm the one that put people's joints back together for a living for 10 years. So I would see the side effects of that. But there's something about being able to pick up and put down something incredibly heavy that just, I don't know if it's GABA, I don't know what it does, but there is a Zen- that comes over you that only heavy weights can do. So you can, I've been injured and I've had to, you know, regress to lighter weights, body weight. That's all good, well and good. But if you can get yourself up, especially through the help of a coach or a PT or somebody who's watching you do it safely and giving you good techniques, uh, training, that heavy, heavy, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it is like a drug for two days, Mm -hmm. it's so good all the anxiety goes away all Mm -hmm. the stress goes away all of the that kind of constant rattle in your brain at night that causes you to ruminate it all just disappears it's awesome yeah
1: I think on a psychological level knowing that you're weak makes you feel vulnerable and makes you feel anxious yeah like a lot of us like can't move 50 pounds if we needed to like that is an actual problem. If you're in an emergency and you can't like lift somebody out of a hole that you care about, right? Like lift your kid over your head, get them out of a window, whatever. Like on a psychological, like physiological level, I think you know it. And there's a different set of calm when you are like, I could totally like carry my husband right out of this house if I had to, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It might be a little awkward. He's super tall. That'd be hard. But like I, I could definitely push him.
2: Right? (laughs) Like
1: there's some kind of like sense of security that I just, I agree with you. It's medicine. And again, like guys, you can wait 30 years for the science to come out about like what molecule at what time and how much and all. For right now, we're telling you it's medicine. It works. I mean, we have studies jumping for five minutes, jumping rope for five minutes helps kids with ADHD perform better on a test. Oh yeah. That makes total sense. Which, but- like, but think about that. You do that for a kid. You write that prescription for a kid. You give that to their teacher. You have them do that. You change their entire life. Oh, yeah. You take Completely. them from failing tests to passing tests, from jumping. Do I need a multi million dollar study to tell me why it works? No, I just know that it works. Like, we know it works because of blood flow and oxygen and nutrients getting delivered and moved throughout the body because we understand physiology. But, like, don't even wait for the study to explain to you the molecule, guys. Just, like, do it. Just find a professional who can help you do it. Listen to Dr. Tina. She's not lying. (laughs) She's so, so right. Well, and it's the best way to walk into
0: menopause. I mean, you got to train for menopause and it's the best way to get through it. it. You can still obviously have great benefit after the fact, but boy, could a lot of menopause be ameliorated if a lot of the terrible symptoms of it be ameliorated if people walked into it with good, adequate muscle. And that's- That's just not, it's not negotiable, in my opinion. And it's, you know this, it's so much easier to get somebody back over the line Mm -hmm. into health if they're not too far over it. And as they age, that gets harder and harder to do. So anyone listening to this in your 20s and 30s, start now because Mm -hmm. you don't want to be 45 trying to catch up.
1: That's much, much harder. And Uh, do it with your kids. Oh yeah. Please for the love of God, like have this be the thing you guys do together. I mean, I lifted with my little sister, she's 14 years younger than me. And now it's so cute. Like she has her own friends that she lists with. She totally left me behind. Now she's so much stronger than me. It's hilarious. <laughs> but like, what a cool thing to do together. Like to give your kids that gift of having this tool that they can use to feel better. So many people have this disordered relationship with exercise where it's The only thing they've ever done is like run the mile in gym and they beat themselves up the whole time because they weren't good at it, right? Like, don't let that be your kid's narrative. Show them it can be different. Show them it can be fun. Show them it can be regenerative. And yeah, your muscle is an organ. It's your most effective metabolic organ you've got and you can grow it and make more of it. So you should.
0: Yes. And the data we have is just mountain, we mountains of it at this point that, depression, anxiety, all of these things are ameliorated better with exercise than with medication. It's just, it's not even, I remember there used to be a sprinkling of those studies. So that was sometimes a harder argument to make for folks, especially again, when they're in the thick of it, it's very challenging. It's hard to get your body moving when you're just living through the drudgery Mm -hmm. of the depression. But we, we have so much ample evidence at this point that there's your SSRIs can't hold a candle to squats and deadlifts, but why not Do both. Why not add in the nutrients and add in, you know, the micronutrients and the macros and do all of it. That's, (laughs) that's that's what we're
1: saying. Yes. And guys, if you're scared, read this book, please. I promise you, if you're like, I've never been in the gym. Yeah. I have
0: a book for you that you would (gasps) like. It's called Strength to Awaken by Rob McNamara. Love it. It's make strength training your spiritual practice and find new power and purpose in your life. It's good. It's a good book.
1: Yeah, it's a good book. Oh my god, I can't wait. I feel like we need a book club. I know. <laughs> a like, bunch of
0: meat a bunch of meathead book color <laughs>
1: Literally.
2: I know.
0: Send me all your used books. This is what I, I love really it. need. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you the ones with the font that's too small I can't. Yeah, read. perfect. <laughs> Well, Dr. Kate, I think we've covered the gamut. And if there's more, then you'll have to come back because this has been so much fun. And I really appreciate your time today and all of your insight. I hope this was hugely beneficial for my audience. Uh, Again, I know they are action takers, but this is really valuable information that often gets overlooked and I think oversimplified. So I appreciate your expertise.
1: Thanks for having me on. And thanks for just shining your light in the world. It's so needed. I'm so glad you're doing it. Oh, thank you.
0: for listening to the dr tina show please be sure to follow me on instagram at dr tina that's d-r-t-y-n-a and dr tina 2.0 as well as visit my website at drtina.com. this is a resonant media production produced by drake peterson and mixed by chris mccone the theme song is by john the guilt as always you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. and if you like this episode please rate review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app see you next week Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.
2: Do you suffer from IBS or other digestive issues? Are you looking for a new podcast to listen to? From the producer of The Dr. Tina Show comes the all-new health and nutrition podcast, Digest This, hosted by Bethany Ugarty. You may know Bethany as the face of the popular Instagram page, Lil Sipper, or you may have even read her book. Now you can find her wherever you get your podcasts. On Digest This, Bethany examines topics such as gut health, nutrition, the food industry, and highlights specific ingredients that can be beneficial or harmful to your gut health. She also explores non-toxic options in beauty, home, and cooking essentials. If it has to do with your health, Digest This is talking about it. Each episode features an interview with health experts, doctors, and wellness advocates, and delivers you information that is Well, easy to digest. Bethany also delivers a weekly segment every episode called Bite of Knowledge, where she highlights an ingredient commonly used in food, skin care, household cleaning, you name it, and gives you the lowdown on the benefits or dangers that ingredient might have in your everyday life. From Botox, potassium, olive oil, and magnesium, all the way to those ingredients you can barely pronounce on the back of your cereal boxes, Bethany has you covered. There's a reason why it debuted at number two on Apple Podcast Nutrition Charts. Check out Digest This on your favorite podcast app. New episodes every Monday and Wednesday. Produced by Drake Peterson and Resonant Media.